tools for success. Level up with truth, meaning, trade-offs, and perspective. Paul, how you doing? Good, Matt. How are you doing? Uh, incentives today, right? Incentives. You, what, text me a day or two ago. We were having another conversation. Let's talk about incentives. And I was like, oh, my God, I love it. What a great topic. So um, I'm glad. I thought it was a, a great idea because we all respond to them, right? And th to, to answer the question, do incentives matter? I'll cut out all the suspense. Yes. <laughs> They matter. They matter greatly. That's why uh, uh, a lot of a lot of policies in general don't work, and um, it, it's so hard for the government to to create policies and get people to do what they want them to do. Um, they try to use incentives, but it doesn't always work, right? Absolutely. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about one of my favorite books and my two authors tonight, Freakonomics by uh, Stephen Levitt, Levitt and Stephen Dubner, and. They actually talk about incentives where he had a scheme that his daughter wouldn't potty train, uh, Stephen Levitt. So he says, I got this to his wife. I'm the economist. And he tells his daughter, every time you go wee wee in the potty, I'll give you a bag of M&Ms. So a day later, she's potty trained because she loves M&Ms. But a week later, she figured out how to scam the system. She'd do a little tinkle, get a bag, run out of the room. 10 minutes later, say, I got to go to the bathroom again. <laughs> we would, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, but unintended consequences, right? Yeah. Incentives are great. I, I always tell my students, that's what really drives economics because there's a scarcity in everything, right? You can't have everything. everything. So there's different ways to ration it. And there's incentive schemes to try to figure out who's going to be involved in the process, whether it's completely government or completely the people. Uh, but, I, but I'm excited to hear what you have to think about it. No, no, I, I think that's um, that's why I, I, 10 years ago, if you would ask me if I loved economics, I would have been like, are you out of your mind? It's so boring and, and, and wouldn't wouldn't interest me in the least. Now I'm just absolutely fast. I have been for the last probably 10 years fascinated by it. And so much of it has to do with, with incentives. And incentive, it reminds me, you know, incentives remind me of, well, what, why? Why incentives? Because we're all trying to, and this this was discussed in that book, that Charles Whelan book that that I, I read recently, and, and you're in the process of reading, and it's discussed in most economics. I mean, it's basic stuff, but it's important to understand is we are all trying to always maximize our utility. It's why we do everything, right? It's because I'm trying to maximize my utility. You're trying to maximize your utility. Everyone always is trying to maximize their utility. And what that means to me may not mean what it may not be what it means to you or this, the little girl getting potty trained or, or anybody else. So we're always trying to maximize our utility. And I reminds me, I ran into a buddy of mine over the weekend, another horse heads guy, Paul, and he's a um, PhD in statistics, if you can believe that. And, and as I always tell me, he's not even that smart, but somehow he, he, he managed this and he's a really, really intelligent guy. I love talking to him. And in that book, there was a joke. It said, um, why did the chicken cross the road? And uh, the punchline is because it maximized its utility. And I, 
I told him this joke. He lost it. He laughed so hard. We both were laughing like, like idiots in the middle of this place. But it's true. Everything we do is to maximize our utility. And what, what gets us to maximize our utility? We're always looking. Incentives help us go in a direction because we're trying to maximize our utility, right? I want more free time. That, that's part of the utility I'm trying to maximize. Or I want more money, or I want a bigger house, or I want uh, to give to my church, or I want to, you know, feed the feed the feed the poor, or whatever the case may be. Whatever is important to you, that's maximizing your utility. Therefore, you're incentivized by certain things to to move forward to do that. And um, understanding that is key to understanding what we're talking about. So. Can, can incentives mean then somebody trying to maximize the utility by doing as little as possible to maybe scam somebody else? Or does it always have to be in your best interest in working hard? Well, it's always in your best interest, but that doesn't mean it's working hard, right? A lot of times it means the exact opposite. You know, you've been hearing me talk for weeks on end now about the inability for um, my wife and I are trying to hire for one of our businesses and we're not alone by any means in our area. We can't find people willing to work. And um, one of the reasons behind that is unemployment so available. And not only is it available, but it's it's there's there's more money offered right uh, per week than than is normal. And the government has their reasons, and I'm not even interested in getting into those. But but the the result is. People who are actively trying to hire myself and the dozens of other people I talk to can't find anybody to work. I've been trying to get an air conditioning fixed in one of my buildings for weeks on end. And all I'm told by all the AC companies is, hey, we'd love to come out. I don't have it. I don't have enough people to work. So the reason is one of the reasons is there's people are getting money to stay home, right? So if you can, and, and I don't even blame them. I'm not pointing my finger at them. They're maximizing their utility, right? I can make X and work 40 hours, or I can make Y and maybe it's Y even minus, let's call it, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week, but I don't have to work 40 hours. I can play video games or I can go to church or I can, you know, volunteer, whatever else they, they like doing with their time. Instead of trading it for money, the money's being given to them already. So now they don't have to trade their time. They can use that time to do other things they like. They're maximizing their utility. If they weren't, they wouldn't be doing it. That's just a law of economics. You're always maximizing your utility. The problem is the incentives from this program are causing all the problems with trying to hire and trying to get things done. Not only can I not hire, but people who I need services from aren't able to hire. Therefore, I can't get the services I need, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a problem everywhere. Um, not everywhere, but it's certainly a problem here. Well, this is a perfect segue, and I'm, I'm not happy you have that problem, so I can do this segue. But, <laughs> oh, yes, you are. Uh, I can see your eyes. <laughs> but, but Stephen Levitt, of, co of course, I'm a big fan of his and all his books. Oh, but this, this one specifically, I misspoke. Uh, it's, I said Freakonomics. The books actually think like a freak. It's one of oh, I've read that also, yeah. Yeah. They say there's three reasons incentive schemes fell on a big picture, like from the government giving money out to people during COVID, right? And, and, and helping people utilize their decision to not work. And, and I wanted to hear what you think about these three decisions. And the first one they talk about is that 
No individual or government can ever be as smart as a collective group of people, meaning employable persons, right? That, that's problem one. Problem two, it's easy to envision how your behavior would change based on the incentive you come up with, but everybody doesn't think like you, especially the government. And the third one is to assume that the way people are behaving today, society is the way they're always going to behave. And it's easy to look back and see these problems, but it's not easy to always predict them moving forward. And I think that's what we're finding with your issue right now. Correct? Yeah, I, I think that's, that is a big, you know, you, those touch on it for sure. I mean, the first one, you know, the government, I'm not even, you know, and I love the bang on the government, of course, but I'm not even doing it in this case because I understand so many of the reasons behind it. I, I'm sure you do as well. And I mean, this is my first pandemic. It's your first pandemic. It's everyone's first pandemic, unless you were around for the Spanish flu. Um, and if you were good for you, but you know, the government also had some tough decisions to make with the economy and, 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 you know, how do you keep, how do you keep the machine rolling? Right. And, and, and that's a bigger discussion and a, and a very interesting one. So they have their reasons, but you get come back to these unintended consequences, right. Where I don't think the government's intent was, Hey, we're just going to make sure people don't want to work. So therefore they don't have to. And that, that way businesses have trouble hiring. That was clearly not what they were shooting for. But it does show that there are unintended consequences and there's no way for there's no way to create a policy that just covers everyone and says, OK, we're you know, we're all everything's perfect now. We're all good. I mean, there's just not a policy out there that that does that other than in my my opinion, I think the closest we've gotten is, you know, the Constitution's life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That's about as good as it gets. Um but that doesn't cover everything either because that doesn't take care of people who are have a hard are disenfranchised and have other challenges that are all uh, you know discussions uh interesting discussions as well but you just can't pack an incentive in and say okay now it works for everyone the second one was what works for matt doesn't necessarily work for paul right because going back to what we said earlier look what i do to maximize my utility isn't what you do to to maximize your utility right you know, after this, I might want to go work another 10 hours so I can make more money so I can do whatever with it. And you might go, hey, I want an app, right? And they're both fine as long as yours doesn't infringe on mine and mine doesn't infringe on yours. As far as I'm concerned, they're both fine. They both come with different they, different consequences, right? And that's that's great. I, I, I love that. But you're never going to be able to align everybody's in, uh, align everybody in the same way where you can incentivize them um, appropriately to get what you want all the time. And what was the third one? I'm trying to remember the third one. The fact that just because people think a certain way today, like, like, like especially during the pandemic, I don't think anybody's blaming the government for what they did. But, but now people, people are starting to think a different way. Like it, it's not just... Uh, stuck in that time frame right things change right they change they were one way before covid hit and then covid hit boom they, we had to we had to pivot right and swerve and adjust and all that and now that hopefully things continue to get better and people get vaccinated and you know whatever whatever happens 
we can get out again and, 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 and start living how we were beforehand. But even that's not going to be the exact same as it was before. Right. So how we incentivize people to do what we want. Well, you know what, Paul, it makes me a, a great point that I, I love to discuss with people. Um, and, and, um, it comes down to taxes, right? Not long ago, and whatever you think about Donald Trump, whatever, whether you love him or hate him, I understand both. You know, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm not bringing up for that. I'm bringing up, he was getting a lot of heat because supposedly he'd only paid X in taxes um, one year. And I forget what the number it was like $750 or whatever it was. And you hear this from time to time, particularly about politicians. They only paid X. Well, the reason they paid X is because we have a tax system, right, that incentivizes people to do certain things. And if you do those things, you get to write off certain expenses, and therefore you can reduce your tax burden because of it. So if Trump paid whatever, and I, I don't even remember what it was, I don't care, but the point was, or it is, and whether it's Trump, and I remember people were knocking Bernie Sanders at one point for not paying a certain amount. Whether and I bring him up because they're obviously very opposite politically. The point's still the same. The government creates incentives for you, me, everyone to make certain decisions. And if you make those decisions, you won't have to pay as much in taxes. If you're hiring people, if you're if you're donating money, if you're you know you're, there's a you know I don't know putting on solar panels, da 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 da. da. There's all these things. If you do them, Paul, and you prove to the government you did them, then they're going to say, Paul, instead of paying X for taxes this year, thanks for being a good citizen. Now you pay X minus whatever the write-off is, whatever. If you have, if you have children, the, all these things you're able to write off. That's the government incentivizing you to make a certain decision that's, in theory, for the betterment of society. Kind of ironic. Uh People like to villainize capitalism and obviously anything absolute or unrestricted to run wild could be crazy, right? Uh, yeah. But we have a system because of the government that emphasizes income tax, not a wealth tax. I mean, mm. they're, not, they're not even the same. So the people that understand this have the incentive to take all their assets and move them to places that aren't uh, job related, income related. And then the average person should be angry about that system that incentivizes the, the smart people that just want to maximize their utility, right? Like we all do. Yeah. Raising an income tax is, isn't going to affect those people. You're going to maybe collect more income or maybe you're not. That's a whole nother uh, discussion. But the basis of it is it's just a simple incentive. It, I would do the same thing. You would do the same thing. People that complain would do the same thing. And it's all incentives. And the higher up a scheme comes from, meaning the more people under the control of the scheme, the more of an opportunity there is to scam it or have it run its course and not be identified that something new has to come up. And, and that's basically what you're talking about with taxes. Yeah, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting topic. And like you said, so many people don't understand that. Look, I, I understand it more today than I did five years ago. I'm still always trying to, learn about it and understand it and you know i have an accountant and and he that's his job but i want to like wealthy individuals like you said who they're 
the, the, the income tax system doesn't impact them in a way that, you know, that upsets people. They're not paying their fair share and all that stuff. And, and all these things though have severe consequences all, all across the board. And the first thing you need to do, whether it's you, me, or, or the, the guy next to, next to me, if you're going to get in these conversations and complain about them or defend them or whatever, is try to understand them. And there's far too little understanding of how these things work. But the basis of it that I find helpful for me is these are all incentive programs to get people to do certain types of things that the, the government, the, the legislative branch has decided is in the best interest of society. And sometimes that means solar panels. Sometimes that means hiring people. Sometimes that means go, going to school going to college right we want to educate our, our, our citizens i uh, have have you know better human capital which is you know good for the country there's all sorts of things and and to get upset at the individual who pays less you know uh, i love this one um warren buffett paid less income tax in a year than his than his secretary did exactly was it because warren buffett was lying on his tax returns no because warren buffett is investing in things and doing things that allow him to reduce his tax burden as a trade-off for what the government wants him to do, right? And I'm not suggesting he's doing it because the government wants him to do it. Uh, it just have they just happen to be aligned in that sort of thing. Or he's smart enough to know if I do this, then this happens. And that's that's what people do, and and they'll always do. I, I give this example to my students. I'll take, you know, in teaching, you, you get a raise in income every year and salary just by survival and, and, and credits, of course. But so a first year, fifth year teacher is not going to make as much money as a 25, 30 year old teacher. It's just the way the system's set up. But I use an outrageous tax example where the first year teacher is actually or, or the, the older teacher is actually in a lower income tax bracket than the first to fifth year teacher because they're they're putting a ton of money in 403Bs or they have a Roth or traditional IRA. And it's the same system, same scheme kind of incentive that the wealthiest Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffetts are doing. But it falls off everybody's radar because we're not millionaires and billionaires. And it's just the way it is. Utilize them to your advantage. Yeah. And that's a great example because it takes... I love that example, actually. It's perfect because you're talking about teachers, same career. One's been there longer and clearly makes more than the other. And yet their income taxes are flipped from what you'd think. And the question is why? And and I love so I love the example. But to, to your point, not only let's say the Jeff Bezos or, or, or let's say your teacher example, who's paying less than the new teacher. They're doing it. They're not tricking anyone. It's perfectly legal. There is a benefit that's happening all over the place, right? There's it means there's investment right into Coca-Cola and Pepsi, and, and I mean there's investment into these 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 uh, assets, right? They're investing in assets. Well, why would the government want us to invest in assets? There's a reason behind it, right? It, create more employment. That, that I mean, we could go on and on. The government, again, who I love to bang on, they're not stupid. They're they're allowing these people, whoever they might be, to, to move their money elsewhere and not have it taxed. 
Why? Because they want to be nice? Because they hadn't thought about it? Because they hadn't figured it out? Or does a government have some incentive to do that? Of course they do. They want that money. They don't want that money in a tax. They want you to invest it into General Motors or, you know, you're a mutual fund, a retirement, or whatever the case may be. They want you to invest into a small business. They want you to, they, 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 there's a variety of things. They want you to invest it into clean energy. They want, there's all sorts of things they want you doing with it. So that's why it happens. And, and it's not just this, oh, these people are evil. It's easy to call Jeff Bezos the evil or Bill Gates or anything like that. They're doing the same thing, albeit at a totally different scale than you and I might do or that teacher you're referring to who's been teaching for 40 years. They just they just got more zeros on it. They probably know a lot more about it and have smarter people doing it for them than, than, than the rest of us. But that's what they're doing. So isn't it a shame when, whether it's Mitt Romney, Bill Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, any politician, when the opposite side calls them out on and wants to see a copy of their income tax reforms, they all know why they don't pay taxes, income taxes. Now, so if, if, if they failed on capital gains or something else, I mean, I, I'm not an accountant. I can't look through those, but that's never the argument. They say they don't pay their income taxes. Yeah, and it's. It's shame on everybody because they're just doing what I'm allowed to do as is as, as a teacher as far as investing. Yep. And, but but why don't why doesn't the politician just come right out and say, you know what? Here's what I did. It's fine. You don't understand economics. I, I, I don't know. Obviously, they must think that that approach wouldn't work right. or they would do it because it's completely disingenuous. You know, it, it clearly moves the needle for the person on the attack for some reason. I would love to see someone just come out and say, well, this is why I do it. And you should be doing it, too. And the reason it, you should be doing it, too, is because the IRS allows it because the government says it's OK. In fact, not only is it OK, they want you to do it. They're, they're encouraging you to do it by offering you an incentive. It's, it's the same with the M&Ms. I want you to pee, so I'm going to give you M&Ms, right? I want you to invest your money into, you know, other things. So by doing so, I'm going to tax you less. It's, it's, there's no, there's no difference. So this is great. So we'll, we'll, we're going to uh, switch the last several minutes of this to talk about how you can create better incentives because I'm, I'm overwhelmed right now. If any, if a world leading economist can't trick his daughter, right? And, and we, right. we understand the government's slow to react, but just like with your employment situation, it will change eventually. It's just slow. It's just slower. Slow, slow than to react. Okay. Well said. Yep. So uh, Stephen Levitt and Dubner in their book, Think Like a Freak, have six things you could do to try to create a better incentive. And I wanted to start with this one that whenever possible, create an incentive that is uh, cooperative not adversarial, you know, something where when people work together, you, you can, you can win instead of like one person gets this and the other gets that. Uh, I'm going to go through three of these and let, then let you talk. The other one is figure out what people really care about, not what they say they care about, because that's where you're going to really find answers. Sometimes people will say they care about something just out of social shame or, or, family status or, or political status, you know, and the other one is incentivize them on the dimensions that are valuable to, to them, but cheap for you. 
So you're still maybe making your margins and then people are still getting their maximum utility out of it. So find things that are cooperative, find things that they really care about, and then incentivize things that you can still make margins on that people still find valuable. What do you think about those? Yeah, those are, that's, that's great. I mean, the first one's the, kind of the win-win, right? You know, how do, how do we win together? And, and, and that is, I, I, I go into everything looking for that. You know, I don't believe... I don't believe it's healthy in, in in any relationship to go in it to me against you. Now, there's a lot of people who disagree with that. That you know, that if you read Donald Trump's Art of the Deal, which I have, he's more or less it's me against you, and I I, I don't I don't agree. I mean, he's done well. He's done really well, obviously. That's not how I like to do business. I guess is a better way to put it. I want to work together. I want to look at where can we win together. And when you can win together, the relationship lasts, uh, the trust is there, and it's just a better situation all in all. I'll have to disagree with, with our former president on that one. I just don't like doing business that way. But we're all incentivized. We're all incentivized, but it's not always in the same way. So finding those areas, and the only way I know how to do that well is I, I say to people, here's what I'm looking to get out of this what are you looking to get out of it? Sometimes people don't believe that you're being honest, but I, that's the only way I know how to do it. But that, that one certainly, I look at a win-win all the time. The second one is a great one. It reminds me of a, a book I was reading. I couldn't tell you what it was, but about just because people tell you what they want doesn't mean that's what they want. Because often there's things that exist that they don't even, or you can provide that they don't even know is out there. Right. And, the book was talking about the iPhone, I think. No one even knew what an iPhone was, but when they were making the iPhone, they knew from you know, psychological profiles and all sorts of information, this is gonna be the this is gonna be the thing. Nobody knew when they asked people what they wanted in the phone, though, nobody described it. Nobody knew. Nobody said, I want I want you to make an iPhone. Then when they but they knew, Apple knew. We've got something here that people want. They just don't know it yet. So when you can provide a, a product or a service that people want that they don't know it yet, Uber, right? Uber. Now, I didn't. I use Uber all the time, not locally, but when we travel all the time. Never, never in my wildest dreams did I come up with an Uber. We were just in Austin and we were taking scooters around, right? Like those limes and those kinds of things. I didn't know I wanted that until it was offered to me, right? And there's huge, huge margins in that. I saw you were about to say something. No, I mean, you could say the same thing with Airbnb. I mean, Bingo. you've got like real estate, uh, hospitality and, and a taxi service where they don't even basically have any capital in it. It's just other people's property. <laughs> Amazing. They're just taking a percentage. I mean, if you would have come to me with Airbnb idea, I would have told you to get out of my office. I would have said, nobody's going to let you stay in their house. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was so unpopular. That's why the Third Amendment exists, because there's no quartering troops. Now we just let people stay in our own house for and charge them. <laughs> I, maybe the charge is the difference, right? It's not. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, all right. These last three. So uh, another good way to create a, a good incentive is uh, to pay attention how people respond. If they are not responding favorably to what you're trying to push down their throat or or 
uh, show them that might be the right way, it's time to attack from a different angle or maybe think of something different. There's also never think people will do the, the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Everybody thinks different. And then lastly, this is my favorite, no matter what incentive you create for others, there are simply a certain percentage of people that are going to do everything in their power to try to game that. That's just the way they operate. I, I, I know those, I know some of those people for sure. <laughs> I have a and lot it, of students like that too. It, it, <laughs> I'm sure, you know what, you know what I, I, I think I, I find in all these things is they all basically lead me back to the same thing, which is a free market. The free market allows incentives to work, right? You talk about, don't try to push something that it was the fourth rule there. Don't try to push a product or a service down someone's throat that, you know, it's not working. The market will tell you that, right? I mean, we were talking before we started recording about some things. We, I can go out there with my business and I can attempt something. The market's going to tell me. They're going to tell me if it's overpriced. They're going to tell me if it's underpriced. They're going to tell me if, you know, if my service is good, if it's not good. They're going to tell me maybe that my competitors are just better, right? Or, or there's a variety of things they're going to tell me. And all these things, you know, uh, products that exist that you don't know exist. The marketplace, the free marketplace allows all these things to work. And incentives are a, obviously a major player in the free marketplace. So I think of all this stuff we talk about and I just go, you put it in the free market, you're going to find out. Yeah, you know, and obviously I don't have the extensive entrepreneurial background yet as you have. Uh, I, I'm in the classroom and I don't become successful with what I, the policies I enact on the students by waiting for state ed or, or somebody from the federal government to tell me. Uh, I'll give you a quick example. I have always taught seniors and it's funny how later you get into the school year, the less productive they become. So much so, grades get frozen, they understand they can take a zero, and it doesn't really affect anything. They use their time and they utilize it somewhere else. Again, that's economics 101. What I've figured out is I have to attack it from a different angle. So I stop worrying about the numeric grades. I just give assignments that are either complete or incomplete, because you can't finish a course with an incomplete. Oh, I love it. So all of a sudden they do the work, you know, whether, whether I I've done things where whatever grade they turn in, they turn in, at least they've done it. Or I, I give assignments that it's a hundred or a zero, like a resume. There's no, in between. Okay. and if you don't get the hundred, you get the incomplete and, you know, you don't have as much parent meetings today, but back in the day, parents would come in for meetings and want to yell at me because their kids in danger of not graduating with an incomplete. And I'd be like, well, did they tell you? They've had 10 weeks to do this and they can turn it in as many times as they want to get the grade they want. They just have to complete it. And so I, I rambled a little bit about it, but the point is I kind of use some of these rules. You have to think on your feet and you have to understand uh, how the other person's thinking before you slam an incentive scheme down their throat that they're not interested in. Perfect. That example is absolutely perfect. Just the, the grade I was thinking to myself, oh, how, you know, they can turn the grades are frozen. I'm thinking when you told me that, I'm thinking, oh gosh, how, how do you get out of that one? And you, th there you go, you change the incentive profile for them. And that's never going to come down from a state, 
you know, nothing against that. It's, it's like we said earlier, we're not bashing those entities. Those entities are just slower to react. It's just the way it goes. Just the way it is. Yep. So let me, let's end on this, Matt. Uh, I think it's safe to say, uh, you know, when we talk economics and incentives, at the end of the day, we're trying to make rules about humans and most of us in some way, shape or form are highly irrational. So what do you think about that? And what can we do about it? It is, it's, it, it's interesting because as a, a, an economist, a traditional economist would say, okay, we're all make the best decision for us, the most rational decision. So why would I need the government to provide social security? Cause I'm obviously going to invest my money so I can retire someday. Why do I need a lot of these programs? Because I'm a rational individual who's going to make sure I have health insurance, right? Before I go buy a thousand dollar phone, of course, I'm going to make sure I have health insurance. Of course, I'm going to make sure, you know, my my rent is paid before I before I go to the bars this weekend. Of course, I'm going to make all these, and we all know that we don't, because because we're human beings and we, we are irrational and so much. So, the economists and their whole rationality, you know, going back several decades had it all figured out except they didn't have it all figured out and that's where the behavioral economics economists like uh, uh Stephen Levin and Stephen um Dubner Dubner thank you come in with they came in with freakonomics and think like a freak and I've got other books as well that I, I just love them because they start to get into the psychology of it right and that's where I find it so interesting because now you talk economics you talk psychology you got to talk biology too right because how I react and how you react are, are, have much to do with our biology and our, our desire to, to, to um, reproduce and, and all these other things. So it gets really interesting. So we are supposed to be, you know, making decisions based on rationality, but we don't, and we know that. And then, then you start to look at, okay, since we know that, how do we incentivize people or entities to make the decisions we want for whatever we're trying to achieve to, to, you know, turning your grades on time or to, you know, sell more iPhones or to pay your income tax. And that's where, and that's why it's just so fascinating and interesting. So here we go. Incentives. Uh, I think we brought up some really good points. I think we could uh, do an ep another episode soon on just irrational decisions that in, would be fun. in business and school or whatever, but right. no, Hey Matt, until next time, it was awesome. All right, Paul. See you. Bye.